In Asaka's just published report on advanced persistent threat awareness, its authors write that APTs are still not clearly understood. There remains a gap in the understanding of what APTs are and how to defend against them. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and to discuss the findings of the study, I'm pleased to be speaking with Robert Stroud, International President of ISACA, the International Professional Association focused on IT governance. Welcome, Rob. Thanks for the uh, time today. I appreciate it. Okay. If APTs are still not clearly understood, tell us how you define advanced persistent threat. Yes, great. So advanced persistent threats are typically the types of threats that are going to come into our organizations and are going to look to carry out some form of activity against the organization. They're stealthy in nature and uh, often will use things like uh, organization's traffic and uh, normal patterns of behavior to gain entry into the organization and then you know, often we'll sit there and uh, remain dormant for pieces of time or just take little pieces of information at a time. Ultimately, there's an objective with an APT. They may be looking to target a person, an individual, or even data, IP, or financial information, all with an intended target. It's almost like uh, the world has emerged a little bit from the old days of crime, which used to happen in terms of physical crime. Today, we're moving to electronic crime. Why do you think some confusion exists regarding APTs among the 1,200 IT security professionals you surveyed? It's an emerging area, and I think as an emerging area, one of the, the pieces that we've, we've spent a long time as information security professionals is protecting our environment against physical threats and you know, putting in rings of defense, but not necessarily thinking that people would be targeted in terms of the way they attack. Today, with the total interconnectivity of systems and solutions that people are delivering and the total dependence on technology, we're seeing a change in the threat profile. Now, over time, you know, people have a series of patterns and behaviors and they're ingrained in their work practices. What's happening today is you're starting to see the threat profile change, which I think is proportional to the way that business is changing. We've now gone from just leveraging technology for instrumentation and automation to the delivery of total technology through, sorry, total business through technology. What finding from the study surprised you the most? Great question. I had a couple of findings that really surprised me. Uh, you know, one of the, the, the three points that I like to make here, number one was that 92% uh, of the people surveyed identified this year that uh, advanced persistent threats pose a credible threat to national security or economic stability. That kind of reinforces the fact that people are starting to become aware of them and started to acknowledge them. The other interesting did, 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 that num did that number surprise you being so high? And if so, why? Yeah, what that surprised me is the, you know, to a formal point that we just made, the awareness, right? The awareness of uh, APTs. When we talk about the fact that, you know, in, in past years, the awareness was not quite so high. Now we're starting to see people be aware that the APTs can actually target information security. And I think a lot of that has encouraged by what's been going on in the media lately, where certain national state attacks got some coverage. And people are starting to become aware that there's a new way of going about uh, getting at organizations and governments and information, and that's through technology, and they can leverage technology in the form of these types of attacks. I interrupted the three points you made the first point. What's your second and third? Yeah, great, Eric. So uh, point two was interesting. This year, we saw that one in five have experienced or acknowledge that they've experienced an APT attack. If you look back through last year's survey, you'll notice that the one in five number was the same last year. That's interesting because that both is reinforcing a point for me that the attacks have been there and acknowledged, but also with the level of um, 
diligence and vigilance that people are putting in place, that number is still the same, which sort of suggests to me that the villagen, without the diligent efforts that people are starting to put in place, that number may have been higher. You know, that's kind of the assertion that I'll make off that number there. Let then, 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 then me discuss that point for a moment because I was going to bring this up later. And correct me if I'm wrong, but reading the survey results, there seems to be a correlation between people who expect to be attacked by APTs and their preparedness for the attacks versus those who don't expect to be attacked and maybe they're not as well prepared. You know, great point there. It's really interesting. In terms of the attacks and the well-publicized attacks, there have been a number within certain segments of business that that we acknowledge. You You know, financial services are one sector that tend to acknowledge these types of things because you've got financial information. You know, governments may have information on, on various pieces that people would, would want to do. And these types of organizations are aware that these types of attacks may exist. You know, they're, they're at the forefront of information security and you've seen them change their profile and posture and start to prepare. Whereas other organizations may not have thought that they were going to be a target and not so prepared. It's very interesting, but you know, in terms of these types of attacks, it's not just like an old-fashioned denial of service attack where I just want to stop your business by you know, bombarding you. you know, these, these attacks are targeted for a particular gain of some sort. And I think to be of that type of, uh, that type of target, you actually have to have some form of credible data or information or, or business value that I want to go after. What we've seen here with this interconnected business and the introduction of more mobility, we've certainly opened up more avenues for people to get in. So the organizations that are taking the steps to prepare for it are the ones who sort of admit that this is happening or has happened to them. Are the other organizations just ignorant that it hasn't happened to them? Or do they look at it from a certain perspective that they don't feel that they maybe they're going to have the kind of information that people may want? I think the answer is a bit in each uh, statement you've just made. I mean, number one is that you've got to have undertaken an appropriate risk assessment to have understood what information, you know, what the crown jewels are, if you don't mind that analogy. What are my organization's crown jewels? Do I have any that, that you know, some attacker will care about? And uh, the answer is uh, often that organizations have very good information that it could be a target for these types of attackers like credit card information, an item that on the black market is very, very sellable. Organizations are starting to now realize that protected their credit card transactions, credit card information through normally through PCI and things like that those preventions uh, and uh, processes will assist them. But, you know, these, these attackers may enter through, you know, something like a mobile gateway or a mobile transaction or something like that. And fundamentally, they need to step up their level of precaution and prevention and, uh, you know, observation to look for changes in behavior and patterns. Some of these organizations haven't quite got there yet. Or if these attacks have happened, they're just not aware of them yet. So there's some maturity that they need. There was a third point. Ah, yes. That third point is is a very interesting one, and it kind of feeds into the first two that we've just been discussing. And that was that uh, 66% of organizations said it was likely or very likely that their organization will experience an APT attack in the next 12 months. Very interesting statistic for a number of reasons. Number one, you know, let's let's be clear, you know, we've got a 1,220 security and industry professionals here. But uh, one of the things they're looking at here is they're starting to say, ah, yes, we recognize the risk. We recognize that it is a growing threat. It's something we need to be concerned about, something we need to take some action on. And we need to start thinking about how we would react in this particular case. I think that's a key point that I certainly consider is at least if you're aware, you can take action to do something about it. Talk about what actions are taken and, and who would make that decision? You talk about a correlation between, I guess, APT awareness and executive involvement. When organizations recognize they have to do something about APT, who are the people who should be involved? 
we're going back to the the comment of risk and you know security professionals and risk professionals are very much aligned at the hip they have to be in this this age and one of the things we need to do here is we need to elevate this to the line of uh, the CIO and we certainly need to make boards aware of these types of activities where we have high risk items in our business and I think that has already happened uh, in many of the areas we touched on already such as financial services information security team whether they live within uh, information technology or in some more forward-thinking organizations they live uh, outside of information technology they need to really understand what the risk is and so they need to work very closely with their risk team, their enterprise risk management organization, to understand where the risk is. Because one of the key points of uh, preventing or being diligent and acting after you have an APT is to work with your enterprise risk organization to understand what you will do, what the crown jewels are, and how to react. So it's kind of a combination between the enterprise risk team, the CIO, but also I'd like to include the business owners, the owners of your lines of business, because they're probably going to know the areas that are most fundamentally critical to the business. So it has to be a partnership, a partnership between those three groups at a very minimum. One thing I want to address is what seems to be the mantra this past year by many cybersecurity professionals is that attackers will get through your firewalls and into your systems. Cyber defense must be concentrated in the interior, or so some people think. Yet your survey shows that firewalls and other perimeter defense technologies are among the top controls enterprises use to protect sensitive data from ATP attacks. Is there a disconnect here? It's an interesting point. One of the things we talk about with uh, advanced system threats is the fact that existing controls, existing solutions are good and help, but they are not the only controls we're going to have to put in place. You know, this changing world of uh, interconnectivity and the changing community the changing way of connectivity from desktops and laptops from within secured environments to this total mobile workforce that we have today shows that we need to really start looking at our mobile controls, how we access our environment, how the mobile controls are put in place and how people enter the environment. These are areas that the survey showed were in the lower level of technical controls used against APTs. So we need to start putting mobile security gateways in place, more looking at remote access technologies and of course mobile anti-malware controls need to be looked at as part of a changing profile. But one other aspect of a changing profile is that we need to be prepared to deal with APTs when they take place. You can do your best at providing your preventative controls, but how do you react should you have an APT get through? It's your response that you need to actually deliver then that is critical. And you need to be able to respond in the right way. Your incident management process needs to be put in place and needs to be you know, practiced and communicated and effectively leveraged, such as we do business continuity plans. Right. Every year we go and we practice our business continuity plan to know how we would react in that scenario. And one of the things with advanced persistent threats is I think that uh, over time we at least need to have done some scenario planning to be prepared to know how to deal with them when they happen. That's a new string to the bow that we need to add to our security professionals. We need to have them uh, forewarned and forearmed there. Go ahead, Eric. Organizations need to go through drills, basically, to handle APTs, something goes wrong, all of a sudden something goes down because of an APT. Could you provide more details on what organizations should be doing in this uh, preparedness? Yes, there's a couple of aspects of the, the APT threat and uh, the survey talks about uh, a fair bit. And one of the fact is that at the moment um, we are seeing, uh, uh, one of the things we haven't talked about a lot is the skills gap that exists in the industry right now. Information security professional is seeing yet another uh, string to their bow, if you will, in terms of the, the areas that they need to cover and identify. APTs are just one of them we need to add to. We need to build up their skills and help with the professionals in this space. And when organizations are indeed uh, find they have an APT, 
they need to deal with it in a positive way. So one of the aspects that we do in risk management, and we have always done in risk management, is we'll do scenario planning. We'll go and we'll look at a likely, likely scenario of what will happen in our environment and how we'll react. For instance, if we have an APT in our organization and we know our credit card information is critical to our business and we suspect that our credit card you know, database has been perpetrated in some way, shape or form, we need to work through a scenario to know how to deal with it. How do we communicate to our customers? How do we shut down the threat or exposure? How do we triage the environment? How do we handle even things like uh, you know, public relations to protect reputation risk? We need to have gone through those steps and practice them so we can pull a plan out straight away and execute immediately. And this is one of the areas that I think information security specialists are getting very good at is understanding and going through scenarios. Now, we shouldn't do this just for the sake of scenarios. We have to vary, you know, we have to understand the scenario based on likelihood. If a scenario is very unlikely, why are we spending a lot of resource, effort and time on it? If it's very likely, we should absolutely spend some more time on it, spend some more preparation on it. Maybe we want to put some preventative controls in place. This is the key aspect. The risk professional and the security professional with the business professional need to be joined at the hips, understand these scenarios, understand how to act in a proactive way, go through the scenarios, do the drills, have the plan written up, and then if they need to execute it, pull it out and absolutely leverage it. They'll learn from each time they execute a plan, should they have to, and they need to update those plans. One of the things we're promoting at ISACA is this, uh, through our CSX environment or cybersecurity nexus, is an environment for you know, the development of the industry professionals, information sharing with professionals, and of course, you know, we're also looking to get the skills that are missing in the industry out there as well, as well as guidance to help people do their job just a little bit better. Well, thanks, Rob. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate your time today. That's Robert Stroud, International President of ISACA. I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.